Chapter 1 Festival of the Fish Everyone in Belzona, Mississippi, population 2,663, knew the story. Because Elvira Brown had told it about a trillion times. It had also been heard in other parts, meaning nearly every county in Mississippi, a half-dozen parishes in neighboring Louisiana, several counties in Alabama, Arkansas, and Missouri, and even a handful in Kentucky and Tennessee. She told it over coffee and biscuits at the Humphreys Cafe. She told it before and after Thursday night choir practice at the First Baptist Church. She told it at the Bog Street Y during Friday night bingo. She told it between little league innings and the rough bleachers overlooking the town baseball diamond. And each and every time, she swore it was a tale told true. What she couldn't swear to was how many of those listeners were believers. And on this perfect April morning, sitting in her cramped and cluttered office at the World Catfish Museum on Magnolia Street, Elvira Brown was shortly going to tell it again. Now it wasn't like anyone was putting a bow and arrow to her head. She liked telling it. It was, after all, one heck of a fish tale. A big city-looking fellow drove his spiffy sedan through the broad and shady streets. Belzona was a sleepy, old-timey kind of town on the banks of the Yazoo River. Newly planted gardens basked in sunlit patches between towering pecan and magnolia trees. It was the kind of town where kids still built treehouse forts and underground bunkers to defend against their marauding crosstown rivals. Most days, Belzona's languid pace matched its peaceful setting. But this afternoon, Jackson Street was packed with folks parking their cars and streaming toward the town square. Stretched across the street was a wide banner. 18th Annual World Catfish Festival. Big City found the only remaining space in the First Baptist Church parking lot. Soon, the lanky, bespectacled man was strolling among the booths and tables of a small-town festival. The air was thick with the twang of amplified country blues guitar and the enticing aroma of what seemed to be a hundred recipes for catfish. Grilled catfish, barbecued catfish, fried catfish, catfish gumbo, catfish nuggets, and catfish pie. Downtown, the thick columns of the aging yellow brick courthouse were bedecked with vertical banners, depicting scenes of catfish life. On the courthouse lawn, the musician had finished his set, and now an ensemble of locals in antebellum hoop skirts and frock coats hit the stage as a three-piece band, banjo, fiddle, and washboard, struck up a rural rendition of the Virginia Reel. Had Big City stayed to watch, he would have witnessed the coronation of a catfish queen, a catfish eating contest, and a balloon-blowing goat, which had nothing whatsoever to do with catfish, but once again proved to be a popular favorite. Instead, he wandered past the courthouse and on toward the World Catfish Museum. On the front lawn sprawled a scrap metal sculpture of an enormous catfish. He shook his head. Now that was some fish. He snapped a few photos before heading inside. He was about to pull the door shut behind him when a big, shaggy, auburn-coated dog slipped through. Inside, 
the museum was cool and dim, and Big City's eyes took a moment to adjust. He wandered among the catfish exhibits and paused before a display of mounted catfish of a dozen varieties. You know that cat? asked a woman's voice. He turned and found himself facing an outdoorsy-looking woman in her early thirties. Though she wore little makeup and had piled her hair up haphazardly in a bun, he saw that she was quite pretty, if she chose to make you think so. She pointed to a foot-long mottled brown fish. No earthly clue, he said. That's a brown bullhead, your common cat. She pointed to another that Big City guessed was easily half the length of his car. It was deep blue. He shook his head. Moby Dick, I know, he said. But that one, afraid not. Moby Dick's a mammal, she replied. That's